Hello and welcome to the first episode of Hit the Gas. This is a new anesthesia podcast I've developed to help discuss some issues faced by both student SRNAs and practicing CRNAs. For my first episode here, I wanted to focus on the transition from student to practitioner. This is a period that I know very well. I just graduated with my master's in December, so I just went through this in the last year and I'm still on the tail end of it, but I thought I could have some tips that I could pass on to the next generation and maybe help some people out. So the first tip is make sure that you're still taking time for yourself in that, you know, in your senior year, make sure you're still eating right, that you're exercising, taking mental breaks, and just really practicing like good self-care. And I know this is easier to say than do. I probably struggled with that a little bit too my last year, but it's really important. Otherwise, you'll definitely get burnt out and it will make your last year of school even more difficult. So, you know, make sure you're at least once a week going to get your nails done, going out to dinner, whatever it is that makes you feel good and will help you take a mental break, whatever that is. The second tip is to make sure that you maintain your professionalism in clinical. And this is something that you really should be doing all throughout your clinical career from the very get-go when you first start clinical to now. But it becomes especially important your second year when you're looking at applying to jobs and you might be looking to apply at some of the clinical sites that you rotate through. And it's really important especially in that time period to make sure that you know you're showing up prepared you look good that you're really putting your best foot forward I know we hear it all the time but you know anesthesia is a very small world so make sure that you aren't burning any bridges that might hurt you later in your career the next tip is when you do go to apply for your first job Trust your instincts and kind of know what you're looking for. The one tip that someone gave me when I was trying to figure out what I wanted in that first job was to sit down and outline some things that are really important to you and then also some things that might not be as important to you. So for example, for me, I really wanted, I really love doing spinals. I love doing them. I find them really satisfying. Um, But I was not as excited about, you know, doing some of the regional blocks on a daily basis. So that was something that if it wasn't included in my day-to-day practice as a CRNA, that would be okay with me. For other people, that might be something that you absolutely want in your first job. So just kind of sitting down and outlining things that are really important to you. And going along with that, don't let other people really influence you. If you find a job that matches all of your things that are really important to you, don't let the negative impressions of other people influence you when you're going to apply. So I, in my anesthesia program, I was part of actually a smaller satellite group. And I happen to be one of the only people that chose, I was the only one that chose to work where I did. And I chose to work there over working at a place where a lot of my classmates were choosing to work. 
And I did kind of feel when we were looking at jobs, like, you know, maybe I should be working there instead. Why am I choosing this one over that? But I think it's really important to trust your instincts. And now I feel like I did end up making the right decision. So when it comes down to it, you know yourself the best and don't let other people's opinions influence you. Once you are less focused on jobs, you still have to focus on studying the boards post-graduation. My tip with that would be to start early. <laughs> and I may not have followed this as much as I should have. I know in your senior year that you know, you're really burnt out and it's like more studying is the last thing you want to do, but it is really important to start studying. And I would say at least six months before your boards, if not earlier than that. I didn't study as hard as I should have about six months out. I kind of really started studying about three months out. And I did end up passing, but I it was more of a struggle for me in those last three months than it probably needed to be because I didn't start as soon as I could have or as early as I should have. And another tip would be find someone who you study well with. And, you know, this may be your study group that you were studying with all throughout school. And you guys study well together. You know how to bounce things off of each other, and that's great. Or maybe you find uh, someone that is going to work well with you to study for board specifically. I, will, I had a study partner for boards and she really helped me keep me accountable when I was studying and it was nice because we could ask each other questions and we'd meet at the library at the same day and it was you know really very helpful. My next tip is to when you do start credentialing for your new, new job after you've you know passed the boards and celebrated a little bit make sure that you are staying organized with your credentialing process. For me, <laughs> there was a lot of, credentialing is a hurdle. And so you wanna make sure you know what information you're going to need to give them. And for every job, that's gonna differ. Some will require clinical case numbers from Typhon, they'll require you know, some references, whether that be your references from school, uh, clinical, etc. And another thing with that is that sometimes you, they may not include, they may not tell you everything that needs to be included, but just make sure to ask if you have any questions before you turn stuff in. Because I know for me there was there did end up being some back and forth where they needed me to turn in supplemental information and all that, and that probably slowed down the process a little bit more than it could have if I had just asked those questions up front. You also want to make sure that you keep following up with your credentialing person or people if you haven't heard back from them in a week or two. These people are probably in charge of credentialing more than just you, um, depending on where you're going to work. And they also probably have a lot of other things on their plate. You're probably not the only thing that they're doing right now. So 
you just want to make sure that you're following up with them if you haven't heard back in a bit. And lastly, with credentialing, know that it could take longer than you want it to. <laughs> Initially, the credentialing committee told me that it could take up to six months for my application to be fully processed. And that number, when I first heard it, was a little overwhelming. It ended up taking about two months in total, so that wasn't bad, but know that it, it could take longer than you do want it to. So be prepared for that. Next tip, when you do start working, continue to ask questions. So even if you did clinical rotations at the place you'll be working, you're not going to know everything when you first start. Things change in between when you were there and when you're working. There are some things that, as a student, you might not have known about, you know. So the time to ask those questions, the best time is in the beginning, during your orientation or when you're first starting. Make sure you know where all the code carts are, emergency airway cart, where they keep intralipids and other things. And this seems like kind of basic and something that you're like, of course I would ask that, but just make sure that you do. You also want to make sure you familiarize yourself with where things are in the hospital and just in general. So my first month or so of practicing, I had to go to the lab for a reason. And I realized I had no idea where the lab was in my hospital. You know, probably should have, but I didn't know. And it ended up being this whole process. It ended up being, you know, one floor down and on the other side of the hospital. And it was kind of crazy to have to figure out in that moment where it was and how to get there. And so if I had just known that, if I had kind of figured that ahead, ahead of time, it would have been a lot easier. You also want to know where, you know, your emergency meds are in your Pixis or where things are kept. So, like, in my hospital, we don't keep vasopressin in our anesthesia carts in the room. You have to know that, oh, that's kept in the core Pixis. So you have to grab that ahead of time if you have a case with a patient that you may need vasopressin. Or you can always ask the circulator to grab it for you, but it's always nice if you had have have it ahead of time. Lastly, don't get discouraged. So I know that, I really do know that that last year of school is, it can be kind of the hardest, but just know that the end is in sight and being a CRNA and practicing on your own is really great. And I can tell you that because I'm doing that now. It's still tough and challenging because, you know, now you're you're on your own. There's not a preceptor that you can be like, oh, hey, what about this? But there are still a lot of people that you can always ask questions, whether that be, you know, a colleague who's one call away or the anesthesiologist um, that you're working with that day. There are a lot of people that can be there still to ask, to answer some questions, so... You're never completely on your own, and it is really great. So that's the end of my podcast. If you wouldn't mind, there is a link to an 
a quick evaluation that's in the podcast description that I would love for you to take and give me some feedback. I'd also love for you to include in that maybe some topics you'd like to see on future podcasts. So thank you.